Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of Nerd World Politics with Brendan O'Brien and me, Marlon Thompson. We got an early Christmas gift in the form of the final season of Voltron Legendary Defender. We're heartbroken that the story is all done, but there's still lots to talk about. How the characters grew into their conclusion, whether the final season does the whole thing justice, and whether Shiro has yet to be the queer representation that folks deserve. Yep, we're going there again. Plus, as always, what we like it. Stay tuned. It is with a heavy heart that I announced that the hit animated series Voltron Legendary Defender is no more. The final season hit Netflix on December 14th, and it's just as much a thriller seasons before and then some, and still manages to give all our favorite paladins the closure they deserve. Almost. Marlon and I love the show so much that we knew this was the perfect time to come out of our unfortunate hiatus. But first, beware ye who enter spoilers ahead, because I think it's important for us to start with that. Especially yeah, considering you... this is slightly outside of your two-week rule. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I don't care. You know, we had to finish it. And um, I'm not going to say that one night I stayed up past midnight, but I know you stayed up past three. So yeah, I think we stayed up past the morning to finish the season. Um, just because I knew that I wanted to talk about it. But like once mm-hmm. we, that's always, that's happened with every single season is that once yeah. you pop, like once you've gotten past like episode two. Yeah. You just kind of you you have to keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, 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 I enjoyed all twelve episodes, and don't tell me there were thirteen. I told you this already. <laughs> I enjoyed the full oh, season have, at twelve. We have to be honest there. <laughs> um, and I mean, I know that we want to talk about the last episode a little mm-hmm. bit more when we. Uh, yeah, episode twelve. Yeah. <laughs> you come on. <laughs> um. The 13 episode season was very yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, there's yeah, a lot yeah. to talk about about the, the, the final episode that I know that we want to talk about in a bit. First, I yeah. want to talk about something that I didn't know I would end up like rooting for. Because I don't know if you remember, but when we spoke about it, when we spoke about the last season, I was really not for it. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, and that was Lance and Allura. I was really yes. shocked that they yes. found a way for me to not just trust Lance with mm-hmm. Allura's sweet, gentle soul, but like genuinely, genuinely root for their relationship. Like last season, I was just like, Lance is cool and all. He's a much better person now than he was before. But he's still an ass hat. So like, why <laughs> do I yeah. think? Yeah. And then no, when they... we got to taste second season, and it was literally out of nowhere. Like they did it so, yeah, yeah, they did it so well, and um, it. Re- I'm gonna be quoting a lot of other pop culture media and YouTube mm. videos that I've seen, so we may have a very long show note to add. Um, but there's a video by someone called Lindsay Ellis, and yes, she did the I'm com- with right. I'm she did the complex fields of Guardians of the Galaxy, and her, her whole take and and Lance reminds me of Star Lord. And she talks about how in popular media, we, we, ro- we reward the man-baby with the girl at the end without any redemption. However, like in Guardians of the Galaxy, Star-Lord was on that road to redemption to no longer be a man-baby, to no longer, you know, oh, I just deserve to have the girl. And for me, the way they crafted Lance's 
character in the final season. It was just so nice. And I mean, there, there are little things that they did that I want to point out, you know, but I don't know how you felt, you know, what, what was some of your takes as well? Um, it's for me, it always kind of boils down to the writing first. And yeah. I think their decision to open, um, to open with how we discover Lance's feelings again yeah. in that in episode of final season where he has that like really hot that really hot woman conversation with uh Hunk. Um, mm-hmm. yeah 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 this is this is a real thing this is not just like Lance being his regular douchey self it's like mm-hmm. he has some emotions about Alora um and he's also really like careful about how he even like approaches that because he's aware yeah. of all of the things that it could mean for the team, um, for him and her working together. Um, it, it, and like, like every single moment after that, it's almost as though we see a vastly different plans. On one hand, yeah. I do think that that's one of the one of the things that not necessarily could have been handled a lot better, but could have been handled a whole lot smoother is that. It is true that Lance literally like transforms, and I wish mm-hmm. that we got just a little bit of like flashback, some peek behind the curtain to see like what are the things that really like transformed him, because we don't see that kind of transformation, that kind of depth we season before. But that is one of the advantages of working with episodic TV, right? Is that mm-hmm. there is always some things happening in between that you don't necessarily see, but you are aware that characters are growing while they're growing. You're aware that they're they're like training with each other. That gives you a lot of that free space. People underestimate the strength of TV um, to tell good story a lot. There's a lot of like real estate to do some really magical things. Lance and Allura is just one example. Probably the best example um, that I can think of in the last like year and a half. Yeah, and I think I saw what they tried to show how he was changing was his um, interactions with the other team members, as you, as you, you mentioned, particularly yeah. Keith, because he came in all hot-headed and, you know, I should be the leader. And they had that nice heart-to-heart talk, you know, and again, on, even, I mean, all the characters, they had some really nice character beats. You know, we know Keith is the loner, but nobody, you know, hounds him down for that. And, you know, they had that, for this entire season, Keith and Lance, the respect that he had for one another, I think that was also, you know, you know, buoying up his character. And then there's a scene where Pidge makes a little joke to Lance um, about his feelings for Allura. And old Lance would have, you know, made a joke or, or gone off the And he just kept quiet and accepted it and smiled. And I was like, yeah, those, those are the nice things to see. And I really, I really, really loved the writing throughout the entire season. They really tried different things and, and they brought us so many nice themes and feelings that, you know, was nice to see. Yeah. But I will, I will pick up, I have a boat to pick with them, <laughs> with that in mind. Yeah. Look who get like beats and, and, and development and yeah. whole arcs entirely to themselves. Paige had an arc entirely for herself that, that stretched on all the way until the penultimate season. Keith had a, an arc for himself that stretched out all the way to the penultimate season. Allura is the t- reason why the whole team is together. Every single story has something to do with her personal development arc. Lance gets some development from the last season to now. Where is my guy, Hunk? 
I've seen that, and I've seen that other. I've seen other people make that same claim that hunk is just the heart of the team, but we don't really get a real substantial hunk story. Yes, yeah, like we get to see. I'm, I'm glad to see that. I'm glad that we got some chance to to see his relationship with his family and how he and his entire family have this really delicate and intricate relationship with food, which yeah. is how kind of hunk is the way that he is, and we get to see him develop into that role a little bit more in the final season as well. Um, but he never, as a like as a character, goes through an arc that we have to like. Um, to watch and bite our teeth for in the way that it, like bite our fingernails for in the same way that every other character got that. Yeah. And and that's it's kind of disappointing because I really liked Hunk. Yeah, no, Hunk I, really, he's a great he's a great character. And as as I said, he's the heart of the team. He's the one who sometimes has to pull them together to realize, you know, oh, you know, we really need to do this. We need, but but. They had the scope then to deal with the the what happens to those types of individuals where you are the ones who one is always putting yourself out, you are the one who always thinking about everybody else. Yeah, we could have had some beat, I don't know, something, some kind of development with respect to that. Yeah, and I thought that and that's also a thing that I thought about Hunk is that it was actually a perfect opportunity. Hunk has always been a perfect opportunity to talk um to me about um mental illness yeah yeah in some way or form um or just like how empathy can lead to burnout even mm-hmm. is that hunks always the person who's there for the team not just like emotionally but sometimes physically um uh, as a as a teammate as a chef as a friend um he's always there providing that emotional labor for the team and at no point in time does anyone ever feel the need to ask Hunk, hey, bro, are you okay? Like, do you need to relax? Do you need to take a break? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hunk is also the guy who's always moving. He's not a great engineer, but he's always, like, lugging stuff around for Pidge when she needs it. Yeah. Um, he's... Um, when he's not doing that, he's in the kitchen. When he's not in the kitchen, he's oftentimes giving folks like Lance or Keith a pep talk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I mean, he's, yeah. there, he's there for everybody, you know? He's a sounding boy. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and that's, that's, that's kind of what makes him the heart of the team. Yeah. But sometimes yeah. those folks, those people in our lives just need, and even if there wasn't like a whole arc where we like send them to a psychiatrist or some craziness, <laughs> it was an opportunity for just the next two or three episodes um, to like wonder like what happens when folks like that don't give themselves a chance to take a break. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. It was just a really lost opportunity. And just like, he, he he just deserved more in this script. Yeah. yeah? Okay. I, I see a, a real hunk. <laughs> Super hunk my guy. Because it's also true that he's he's I don't want to say that he's the most grounded character because I think everybody's everybody's kind of pragmatic in their own ways. But there's just something about Hunk that just feels significantly closer. Um to the universe that Voltron is actually trying to save. Allura has this real kind of um, detached or almost imperial view of the universe as she is trying to save it. 
Keith is just like a captain through and through, um, very utilitarian, very authoritarian. Um, Shiro in a lot of the same ways because he's a military head, right? Um, Lance is Lance. <laughs> <laughs> is a very technical person but hunk is very very often hunk is the only person who's like yo there are real lives in this yeah Yeah? we can't just do x y and z because we'll just like accidentally destroy this or like people will be um irreparably damaged by this and like and and hunk is that character who does that and we never yeah just give him the space to like be hunk the person who like wants to go back home to his family or has ptsd um, that one time he was trapped in a Balmera. Yeah? Yeah. That. Yeah? Um, what is cool about this season, to, to kind of give my rant a rest, is that they found a way to, to kind of bring all of the, like, these subtle aspects, like the Balmera from, um, from all of the previous seasons, and turn all of them into integral places for the last season to reach its climax and i'm going to admit initially i had serious problems with it because every because it just felt too dsx everything was a callback and and for this show i tend to ignore (laughs) the oh we'll just need this and oh they'll arrive just on time i just ignore that and i say I'm just here for the story. I know they're going to do those things. But at one, I remember there was one episode where I went back when we mentioned something and I went back to watch that episode and then I came back because there were so many callbacks. I love the touch in the first episode with the original Voltron cartoon series. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, that was cute. <laughs> but there were so many callbacks. And then when I said, oh yeah, the Balmera will save the day because we can't forget about them. And it was like they were taking all the boxes who we have to bring back. And some people, I, honestly, I was yeah. like, okay, who are you? Which season? Which, which season? <laughs> I needed a little episode guide. You know, it's like, okay, I was hoping, you know, that my Netflix would just, okay, yeah, this guy, he's from season five, episode two. You know, it was, I, I, I had a little issue with it. Um, in the end, it, it, I didn't really mind. But in the first few episodes, I was writing notes. I was like, too many callbacks, but they had to. <laughs> they had to do it, you know. And then I started thinking of other and animated shows. Really, they tend to do that. They tend to do the callback. I remember watching the final season of a regular show, and they had all the crazy characters that they met at some point in time for their final battle. So I, I understand why they do it. It's just ah, at the beginning, I was like, ah, this, this is a little too much, you know. So. Hmm. He- now that I give it a little bit more thought, because I, in the first couple of episodes, I did think that it was that it got to the point where it was kind of extra. Yeah. But you know why I just kind of put it out in the back of my mind? Like when when the plus transformed for the first time at the end of season, at, at the end of the second to last season, yeah. I was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> it just. It just seemed it then, and I think that's I think that's the that's the moment that I disliked the most out of any episode of Voltron is that that just felt really forced. Yeah, yeah. It was literally we gave me ass cut. Yeah. Will we have any script earlier <laughs> that could save Voltron? <laughs> and everybody was just like, okay, how about we just let the IGF Atlas transform at the very last minute? And yeah, I'm sure that it's happened in the in the previous show, right? Yeah. Um. 
But just how they executed it here when they had all of the real estate and all of the tools to make that, to have that done a whole lot more seamlessly or at least um, forecast it a little bit better. But there was none of that. It just, we get me ass cut. Let's just do that instead. Yeah. 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 But that's not what happened. That's not what happened to me, at least in this last season is that we always saw, we always got a little bit of a, uh, a foreshadow of the things that we're going to need at the end of the season. Yeah. So we saw the Balmira, we passed by our Balmira yeah. at the beginning of the episode, and we didn't think much of it, yeah? And then at the last season, it's like, oh, how about a Balmira? Wouldn't that help? Let's just bring a bunch of Balmiras. And yeah. it's like, yeah, it's a little bit forced, but like I, can, I saw it coming. Yeah. So it makes sense that this is the thing that would happen. And that's also the bad thing um, I don't know if you, I don't know if you have watched shows like um, Bleach or Naruto before. Oh no, yeah, uh, my uh, my right, yeah, my my tolerance for Naruto is is rooted in. Anyhow, I won't go into it. <laughs> no, that's fine. I hate Naruto too. I totally get it. Um, but the 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 thing about shows like that, the thing about the thing that I, I, probably a lot of animated shows go through is that once you determine a power level you either have to stick to it completely or you have to decide that you have to decide that you have to break the ceiling every single season yeah yeah that's like the, uh, and the dragon ball z rule because it's, it's, yeah yeah no dragon ball z is notoriously bad at it yeah like just now no and now they have a what what it is super saiyan god super saiyan and then there's a level above that you're kidding and a level above that yeah, yeah no it's ridiculous <laughs> yeah um there's no logical explanation for that right but but that's what happens when you create and, and that's also probably the most infuriating thing to me about voltron is that by the second to last season if i found it really difficult to believe that this this creature here, Voltron, is the most powerful thing in the universe because they proved to us more than once that that is not the case, yeah. right? When in that second to last season, when Voltron, when the whole Voltron team faced off against um, Lotor in that quintessence field, right? Lotor was kicking their asses it's only because of the explosion that anybody walk out of there alive right well they tried try to explain it away this season with the power of the team and it's the team that sustains it and it's our will and what i did like actually was when they had the two voltron teams coming together that is the type of mm-hmm. thing that i like you know okay yeah this is this yeah. makes sense you know this part makes sense yeah two of you all combined i love that you know so so they try to, to, to wiggle their way out of it, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, because it's not Avatar, right? <laughs> you told us, right? It's not Avatar, the last Avatar. You told us that this, this set of devices mm-hmm. are necessary to save the universe. Yeah. And then, literally every single season for the last three seasons, we created something significantly stronger, more agile, mm-hmm. faster. Yeah. Right. I, I would have preferred if they went the route of... So when you have that situation where you, you have the new enemy, then you create some kind of weakness in the team itself rather than just to create strength. So 
find a creative exactly. way where you can overcome that, where it where it is, you know, oh, this lion is down and he can't get up and we have to figure some way to do that. Oh, this person is just not, you know, thinking about, you know, how they could be a part of some kind of fracture. And too many times they go the easy route of like, oh, no, something will happen and we'll become even stronger or this freak event will happen. But I, I'd rather you deal with the team's resilience and the, their own ability to overcome rather than just, you know, go for the cheap win. Yeah, you know what's a good example of that? In that same second to last season where they had to, um, they had to move the those different pieces of yes. satellite yes. to block yes. lasers, yes. right? And it was the strongest, technically the strongest thing is still Voltron, yeah. but actually the lions separately are the only ways that we're going to get this job done because every single body has a different role to play, right? Yeah. And also in seasons past where like our biggest antagonist wasn't like some super strong um, monster or some super strong piece of technology that we needed to defeat, but like we had a timeline to find um, Shiro because we didn't know where he was. Yeah. yeah? What they did, because I, I, I watched that the first two seasons because of my nieces who came um, by my house and decided that we are now going to watch Voltron. And they actually fell in love with Pidge and Alora. So I'm, I'm wary of letting them finish the entire series, but they, they oh, fell in love with the two of them. And in the earlies, the, whoever they had to face, they would always have to figure out, okay, how do we beat him? It's not like he's stronger than us. It's just this one thing is throwing us off. And there was this one, yeah. this thing was flinging this um, graviton ball or whatever it is. And after three, yeah, but after three throws, it had to recharge. And that is when they had to attack. So, you know, things like that where they had to figure out. And, and they, that is where you could use the expertise of one member of the team, which is something they used to do often. And then... We like, oh no, we yeah, need to finish. Yeah, into a show now. Yeah, yeah, we need to finish. all the time. We got this Netflix money to finish spend. Um, another thing that I that surprised me was the chances they took with some episodes, and I didn't expect day forty-seven. And I think you had oh, similar. Yeah. I think you had similar feelings. I don't. I don't know what it was, but it was. It it was like, where did this episode come from? What, what, why are you giving me this gem? And it reminded me of there's a Battlestar Galactica, the actually the first episode technically of the new Battlestar Galactica series, where they have the episode mm-hmm. 33, where the silence attack every 33 seconds. And while it's not similar, it's just the there was this tenseness about it, just this behind the scenes feel that you also got with D47. And I was like, more of this, please. What it was for me, right? Because um, I was really surprised that they gave us fillers in the season yeah. at all. Yeah. Because, these, because these stakes were really high and there's a lot of character development that we need, that you always need to do in a final season to bring folks to their conclusions, mm-hmm. right? Um, because, and it's it's just like, it's something that I think about often, like when I think about stuff like Dungeons and Dragons, because I, I, I I try to dungeon master from time to time. Um, the the thing that dungeon masters try to remember is that the 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 thing that a character wants to do is not to succeed, right? It doesn't want to get like super strong and real swole. It wants to retire. Every character wants to retire back home to their 
um, family and like to their dog and all that kind of crap. But in order for them to get to that place, they have to solve every single problem in between them and that place, right? Keith got that. Um, Hunk, well, we'll never find out. Paige <laughs> got that because he, Paige got to save her family, right? Yeah. Um, Lance is reunited with his family as well. Alora can only get that if um, she solves the big bad, but also if she reestablishes her relationship with um, the rest of the um, Altean people. There's a lot of stuff to go on in this final season. I never expected for them to give us a filler at all, yeah. right? And not only do they, but the filler is still so well-written, helps to reveal some of the stuff that's going on in the larger story arc so that we don't feel left out when we see um, when we see all this stuff that we have to deal with next episode. But also reveals to us some characters that we actually kind of want to see more of yeah. and kind of care about. Yeah? Um, for me, that was thankfully the, we got a chance to see them before as well yeah for me that was the, that was also the biggest disappointment after I saw these characters and met these characters they really didn't have a substantial role in the final confrontation I thought that's what they were setting up that you know okay it's not going to be Voltron alone um, you know they're going to have to play some serious central role and I don't think I think did. it was I think it was two things and it's the reason why I like the episode. I think one, I think it was just, um, and I, especially when you're working with animation teams, it's probably a really good idea to just give them a, just give them a couple of days just for them to stretch, stretch their muscles mm-hmm. and to tell story in a different way. Like you get so tied up with the formulaic structure of episodic TV that sometimes you want to throw in a bottle episode or something like that so that people are reminded that this is their story too. But there's another thing about that story that I only found out because of a friend of mine. Okay. Um, and I'm still trying to do research about whether it's true. Um, but they did a, a a memorial at the end of the series. That's how I... Um, the, the guy on the Atlas that um, he passes in the corridor and says, we'll miss you, buddy. Yeah. That's that that character's name is the name of one of the animators that apparently passed away uh-huh. within the final season. So it was just an opportunity for them to just to give themselves some room to honor him in the work that he'd been making for the last like three years. And that itself, when I found that out, I was like, Yeah, that that's all this episode really needed. And if that's true, and then really yeah, then I take away all reservations. This is an excellent episode. I love it. <laughs> yeah, no, and that yeah. was just the not just the fact that they had an opportunity to tell stories their way, because that's always important when you're when you're working on a project that is as as long and as hard and as expensive as seven seasons of animated TV. Um, but just to give yourself an opportunity to 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 say goodbye to your friend like that. Um, and it was well I, done. I, I mean that. That little scene, because I remember, you know, I remember it clearly. I was like, okay, why are we spending? But that's nice, you know. I, it was well done. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm, I'm. If I'm honest, I'm welling up just. Yeah. Just, it's just like a really warm touch. It like everybody gets like um in memorial of so and so at the end of an episode like, uh, yeah. to honor to to recognize someone for the work that they did in the work that they've done. Yeah. And have that live on forever. 
for them is kind of magical and and yeah, and that's and I could understand I could understand like if that was the only reason they gave us day forty seven, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, and that's and that's that is why. For me, I will, you know, say Voltron, by no stretch of imagination, is it a perfect series, but for me, it's an important one. I really, I think this is, I mean, well, we'll talk more in the end, but I think on its own, to give you the, those small touches and, you know, when you look at the writing, you look at the animation, look at the voice work, I felt that Hanerva, which I didn't even realize, was, was voiced by Cree Summer, was... Oh really? Yeah, I did not realize it was Chris Summer, and I was like, Sucks. "Yeah, I was like, wow, you worked your butt off this season, you know." So, <laughs> I, I mean, I love Chris Summer, and if, and if anybody's listening doesn't know who Chris Summer is, uh, go and do some research. She is like the one of the premier black female um, voice actors that we have. You would know her. All folks would know her from a different world. But I found some of the voice acting in this, you know, really good. And Capri Summer, Kimberly Brooks, who doesn't... But she's always been... Yeah, she's always been Hanerva, and I just did not pick up the voice. It's, it's so not a Capri Summer voice. Oh, no, but that's the thing. I've always thought that Capri Summer was so good. Like, every, <laughs> like every so often. I don't, think, I don't think that there are a great deal of... of voices from her i can't think of any two voices from her that i've heard her like um because she's been in boondocks she's mm-hmm. been in um she's in this new series that's on netflix now coolie parry which i've actually wanted to sit on and watch yes. um, League, batman games batman yeah, I mean, she's just yeah and like i can't think of two voices from her that sound like the same mm-hmm. yeah she does like a lot of stuff mm. and every I feel she's one of those few and that's how you know like a good voice mm. actor is that they they sit down and figure out what's happening to these characters. Mm. Not just like what do they sound like on a on a trope level, but what will they sound like when the when the world happens to them the way that it does. Yeah. And what did you um, think of Anova as the big bad? That and the, <laughs> the she was so she was so, I don't want to say rough to watch, yeah. But like, not 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 in a bad way. I thought that Anerva was great. I thought that at, when I saw when I found out that she was going to be new bad, the new big bad. When we were headed in that direction at the second to last season, I was like, really? Yeah. 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 <laughs> but like, when it actually happened, like when we actually sat down with some time and we got some flashback for us to see how she even found herself in this position at all. And just the fact that not only has she and that's just itself kind of terrifying, right? Not only do you lose your husband and your child, but you lost them in fact a long time before because you just like lost memory of all of it. Yeah. Yeah? And then when you finally, when you finally get those memories back of all of the good times and all of the the love that you had with those people, you wake up in a world where it's all gone. Yeah. And just that kind of that motherly rage she has for everyone and everything. Yeah. <laughs> and her decision to do and to put like to destroy the world to get her son back. Literally. To destroy the universe to get her son back. That um 
that was that was rough. That was fierce. Um, I do think 2018 for me has been the year of the the complex villain. You know, it's it's we were trying to do yeah. away with the oh yeah he's evil because he's evil. And I mean, for me, a part of her um, initial reaction was even I even saw um, elements of postpartum depression. I mean, I don't think that's where they were going, but. You know, there were things like that. So, you know, that was our mental illness thread if we had to look for one in, in this. But her, you really didn't feel for her, but at the same time, you, you felt for her. And, and she was... I felt for her the whole time. Like, I, there was a moment, there's a moment watching this season where, like, I just secretly wished that Anerva and Allura got trapped in, like, a cave somewhere. I just like had a chance to talk for just a little bit. Yeah, that happened. To me. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like before, like if they had a chance to talk just yeah, before that, yeah. just before that big fight, so that we had an opportunity from the perspective of the Voltron team to be like, look, we still need to stop her. But damn, I understand why she's doing what she's doing. Yeah. Mm. And I can't say that I wouldn't do the same thing too. Like I can say as Brendan O'Brien. That if, that if I like blacked out for the next decade, right, and then woke up in a world where my my wife is gone, right, I don't know what I would do. I don't know what I would do to this planet, right. But whatever it is, I should be stopped. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'll be devising the kick out Brendan plan. <laughs> No, but no, that's important. Yeah. Like not only not only do you lose someone, but you lose, but you regain all of the memories that you had of that person about how much you wanted that person in your life. When you lose them, that I would I I would have destroyed the entire universe myself. Yeah. I can't say. And they even redeemed um Harkon a little bit as 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 less of a cartoony villain that he was in the first couple of seasons by also filling him in but this was really mm-hmm. this was really her nervous season this was her season to shine her season to to give us all and the what i did you talk about the flashbacks that's what i found they did well they they because i, I remember one episode starting i was like wait did i miss an episode but the way they used the flashbacks the way they filled in certain things the way they came to that you know resolution in the end um you know it really gave me a nice feeling of, of okay, yeah, I fully, you, you really explored the motivations of this character, and I understand why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah. I know that we have to close off on this segment really quick, but there is there is one other set of characters that I want to talk talk to a little bit, and that is the other Altaians. Yeah. I feel like as much as I loved their presence and I do think that they added a, a, a really interesting dynamic to this last season, I do wish that we got to delve a little bit more into this whole real fanatical um, Lotor leads you to the light yeah. um, business and like how, how the Altaians found themselves in the logical place. We didn't, we never actually got to to talk with those characters to reveal how those characters um came to see Lotor as a god except for through Anerva. Yeah, they never get to talk about their faith or admiration of him. And then um this girl whose name I instantly cannot remember. 
um, just like has an epiphany in the middle of a fight, and she's like, "Nope, this is bullshit. I must stop this right now." I, I really, I went back and like, okay, what was, why, why, why was that such a hard? Why, where did that hard turn come from? I didn't, I really didn't understand. Right? Yeah, there's a there's a little glimpse of it, and like how, but but it all depends on whether or not she always had some inkling of doubt about whether Voltron was on the right side of this. Yeah? And she just ha- like has that epiphany in the middle of a fight, decides to switch teams, doesn't tell anyone, <laughs> right? And even after she switches teams, we still, even, we still never get to sit down and talk about it. Like she has, she has like the better part of a decade, right? Of thoughts and feelings about Voltron and Lotor and Nerva that we never get to pass through. It just like it's over in the blink of an eye. I felt like that was. I feel like that was the biggest injustice of this season, especially considering the Altaians themselves. Take for instance, like how much crap Alura had to go through over the last six seasons to to kind of, in a sense, keep the image and the memory of Altea in her mind, right? And then. She meets a bunch of other Altaians and they never get to have a meaningful conversation. You know who gets to have a meaningful conversation about the history of Altea with an Altaian? Hunk. Just putting that out there. Yeah? Allura still doesn't get that. Allura never gets to talk to anybody about the place that they called home. Right? And the the other way around as well. Altaians who've never seen Altea never get to talk to Allura about the about the Altea that they miss and that they long for. Um, this girl just comes to an epiphany, decides to like punch her boss in the face. <laughs> and then it's over. Yeah. And that is that 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 I think was a drop yeah. ball. I do think just putting this out there for anybody who wants to like touch us to touch this in the future. This is an opportunity for like maybe a, a spin-off TV show. So that's what you're going right? <laughs> What happens? No, I mean, what happens? So folks have to rebuild. Yeah. I no, and I think they should try. It. Yeah, and I think that people will eat it I, I if think, we get like a new. Yeah, I think so because it it does leave a space in in this Netflix uh, animation block that they have. They have some small shows that they're bringing now to fill the gap, but I don't think anything was as ambitious. As Voltron, I don't know. People need to throw their minds back when we heard a new Voltron series was coming. And there were some misgivings and we saw the, the, the voice talent. We said, oh, that looks pretty good. And we saw the first series season. I was like, okay, I see where they're going. And I, and, and I think that we, overall, we want more Voltron. I think that's the, the final verdict. The final verdict is, yeah, give us more. Give us different stories. Give us different uh, <laughs> histories, different, you know, I don't know. Even if we decide, you know what I think would actually be like a really like a really compelling series? Like if we just follow instead of Voltron for seven seasons, we follow the Atlas for seven seasons. Yeah, especially now that Shiro's retired, he find well, we're gonna talk about that in a bit. Shiro finds some love in life, he decides to settle down and make a home, right? But the universe still have to defend, yeah. And everybody else has retired from the Lions as well because the Lions have poof, right? Gone. Which means that we also have an opportunity to build a whole new team from scratch. Yeah? Do not drop the ball. DreamWorks. We have some work to that's do. That's amazing. This is from DreamWorks Television. Eh? That, that's the other. 
Yeah. This is from DreamWorks Television. I would re- ask you to go and research what other massive franchise DreamWorks also makes. And what- yeah, DreamWorks. Don't mention With the exception. <laughs> yeah. Last time we spoke about Voltron, we had to address the Shiro problem. Right after season seven of the series, fans complained that the show had slipped into the trope of burying their gaze when Shiro's homosexual relationship was summed up by him leaving his boyfriend only for him to turn up dead. This concern remains in the final season, just in a different way. Without approaching Shiro's sexuality or grief at all throughout the final 13 episodes, he ends up in a new relationship, which we only see in the shape of one still image in the last few seconds of the show. Brendan and I thought we'd talk about it again and share what we thought about Shiro's representation or lack thereof. So I'm going to start. Yeah, go, 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 go. Because I still wake it up my thoughts if I'm honest. My first thing is, I often hate these, oh, this is what happens next in TV shows. I kind of feel it's a cop-out. You tell the story, you tell the story. Let me fill in the blanks for what happens next. But let's observe what the other paladins got in their cards. So keep a humanitarian society of the Gara. Um, Pidge, what did Pidge do? Pidge, Pidge was some, he created some, some company or something like that. Um, Hunk yeah. becomes this, he's working with his parents, basically. this galaxy famous chef. Uh, Lance, in honor of, of, of Allura, you know, gets to, 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 to keep spreading the love and working with his family and all of that. So each one of them, their final cards or what happens next is a representation of who they were as a person. So mm-hmm. when I saw Shiro's card, my thing was like, so is Shiro's whole thing just that he wants to be in a relationship and he needs to find love? When what we knew about Shiro, the reason why he left the relationship was that he had this love of exploring. He had this, so so I, I, yeah, I, I don't know what so to make of it. I'm happy I, with this. Pardon? So you're not happy with it? No, I'm not happy with... So, I, you know, I, I have complex feelings about it because um, the writer's going to do what the writer's going to do. I would have preferred if, honestly, if we didn't hear anything about it. Or if during the 13 episodes, we had some discussion on it. For me, it kind of felt like, oh, you remember that thing we talked about? Here you go. So Hero gets... And for me, it cheapens what I've seen other television animated shows do and in a much better way and i'm going to point to one i'm not even going to go with the obvious um avatar not that one i'm right, actually going to go with avatar too, to be honest right. right so i'm not even going to go with that one i'm actually going to go with adventure time and i don't know if you saw the oh finale. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if you saw the finale of adventure time which is actually a very fantastic and a great series but we have Princess Bubblegum being hurt and Marceline, you know, going into a rage because she thinks she's dead. And we got all the seasons before that, the hints that Marceline and, and Bubblegum had a relationship and they embrace and they kiss. And I'm like, cool with that. And then in the final little series, we see both of them together. And for me, that's earned 
that's a good payoff. That's a good resolution for those characters. Doesn't see anything else about them than here. What this was one part of their life, and they're gonna you know live happily ever after because they deserve it. And and this was something that we were doing all the time with the show. We weren't doing this all the time with the show. So it, 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 the the whole idea about Keith, Page, Hunk, and Lance, they were there were elements of that in their characters and all throughout the show. The element of Chiro was, I'm a leader. I want to visit the galaxy. I want to do all these things. I want to help save mankind. That's who Shiro is. And I felt that, ah, I just, I just, I mean, so, and, and so I, then I, I would like to get your mad. Yeah. Get your mad, right? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so the, like I said, I watched it with my wife. We watched it out yeah. until like three o'clock in the morning, one morning. Yeah. Um, and we got to that episode and the very first thing um, that we said to each other was, hey, that's actually really great. Now, let me tell you why. Mm-hmm. My personal philosophy around... Um... Now, it's worth keeping in mind for anybody who's listening um, who might be gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender. It's worth keeping in mind that, that Mahalan and I are two cis straight men. So yeah. if you decide that you don't want to have anything to do with what I'm saying right now, I totally understand, right? But my personal perspective is um, we need to, in order to demystify uh, sex and sexuality in media for LGBT people and straight people, we should find a place where we turn that into aspects of themselves um, that don't need signposting right so i'm actually really okay with this for shiro mostly because it's not well we needed to show the whole wedding it's not we needed to show um shiro uh getting together with another guy it's just this is um one simple aspect of his life that we uh can mention without turning it into a huge thing. Yeah? Does that make sense at all? It makes sense. I, I, I'm still... I'm, I'm, I'm not going to let go of my being upset, though. No, my bigger problem... My bigger problem with how Shiro gets to that place at the end of the season is not how they decide to portray his sexuality. Because, like, I, I, I think that a person's sexuality is, yes, an, an immutable part of themselves, but I, and kind of like what you're saying, it's not the entirety of that person's identity. And you are right about Shiro. Shiro, uh, Shiro has been everything else besides a gay man. He's been an incredible leader. He's been... Um, that, is, that is the aspect of Shiro that I love. That is the aspect... Because um, I, I mentioned that I love how um, this character is portrayed in Black Lightning, where her sexuality doesn't define her. Yeah. She's all these other things. And that's what I loved about Shiro. So that anyone who comes in, and I like I do have family who may be listening to this podcast, and they're like, oh, no, that's the, the agenda. But I, I, I don't care. I don't care. All right? It's, we need, and I agree with you in, in how we show these relationships. That it's not a yeah. big hang-up. It's not a, you know, Oh, Lottie Dodge, yeah. not that. It's that thing that, 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 yeah. that is true about this person. What I think is the biggest drop ball with Shiro, and it was my problem with the last season too, is that if you remember how we found out that, that Shiro's boyfriend died at, at, at the end of the second yeah. to last season, yeah. it was yeah. he came back to Earth, he saw a memorial, he cried a little, 
and then jumped on a ship and immediately yep. started shooting people. And we never get to see Shiro's be like, oh my God, my boyfriend's dead. The boyfriend that I like left behind on a selfish decision to tour the universe. Yeah. I've been through some shit. Yeah. <laughs> I lost an arm. Technically died twice. Yeah. And now I'm back home. And the only person who I perhaps care about more than these folks, right? That I've been working with for the past like years. Yeah. The only person that person is that person is dead. And I don't know how. And I don't know what would have happened if I could have if I stayed here. I don't know. If our life would have been different, if he would still be alive, if my life would be vastly different, and, and what do why, I do? Why now? I think we need to ask if Shiro would ask that question is that Shiro has demonstrated that is the type of person that he is. He's the type of exactly. who checks in with the other team members. He's the type of person who look at how he mentored Keith. That's for me is the type of person that Shiro is. So that while Shiro may, may also be the type of person who may not want to share those feelings. Those around who have been affected by that would be able to perceive a hey, something off. They would ask a question. I mean, Keith knew both of them were, were a couple. Keith was one of the closest. Yeah, and Keith is, and and that's also a thing about 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 Shiro in that second to last yeah. season. Keith is the only person yeah. who knew that they were a couple. So basically, Shiro's, and the, again, Shiro's boyfriend, well, ex boyfriend, I guess, dies. Right. He finds that out on the first day he's back to Earth. And nobody, still probably, no one on that team knows that this, that he lost someone. Yeah? And that is not just, it's not just like a really horrible way to treat a character. As a rule to me, if it's a horrible thing to do to to your friend or your family member, it's a horrible thing to do to a character. It's a horrible thing to do to Shiro's character to not give him an opportunity to express his grief. Not even necessarily his sexuality to express his grief. Yeah? He jumps right back onto a ship like nothing ever happens. Like we've told um, we've told men time and time again to suck it up and get back to work. Yeah. Um, and that I think is even more dangerous than than whether we 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 signpost his sexuality in particular ways. I'm not discounting the fact that there was there's some value to signposting his sexuality in particular ways. And I think that those ways could be done in ways that could still give up, still give us some really interesting beats and moments in much the same way um, that we got to see a whole date between Lance and Allura. Yeah. yeah? Depending on who you ask, that shit ain't necessary. Yeah? Who, do, who deserves that more? Not just from, a, from an agendaed perspective, but from a character perspective. Shiro's been through some shit. Yeah? yeah? If anybody deserves a day-long date episode, it's Shiro. Exactly. <laughs> Not even Allura deserves exactly. that. Yeah? My dude was in some trap dimension. He's got his arm blown <laughs> off. Come on, he's brainwashed. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, this just she was true too much for us to not get to see him either. Either you give him a date or you give him a psychiatrist. But you couldn't go through an entire an entire year of that, an entire season of that, with with Shiro not having anybody to confide in. And we thrust him. It's not even to say that we didn't give him a chance to talk about it, but I mean he's no longer the black lion, so he doesn't have that much going on. He ends up leading basically a small army. 
again halfway across the universe on some ship that they built the day before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's got a lot going on. Yeah. yeah? And he's made, and that's the interesting thing about Shiro is that we've had an opportunity for Shiro to express how how stressed he is leading this team. Right and how stressful it is to captain the Atlas and all of the things that he's working out there. And I think, right? I think for me, what annoyed me, and it's not directly connected to Shiro, but it's it's more that we killed off Allura. Sorry, folks, big spoiler: Allura is dead, and I hate everything um, because <laughs> I don't like the, that we must this ultimate sacrifice must be the female member of the team. And I think that was in my crawl. And then I was sort of like, oh, yeah, we're just going to do this thing with Chiro. And I honestly, I didn't like how that whole thing was handled. And I, I'm realizing that with a lot of these shows, these animated shows, the way they end them is like, oh, it's the end of the world. We must find a way to do it. The funny thing is regular time and adventure time did that. Regular show and adventure time. Regular show and adventure time. It was the end of the universe. And we must find a way to do it. Regular show, there was a sacrifice of someone. Adventure time, there was a sacrifice of someone, but those persons still lived on in a different form and in a different way. We just gonna kill off right. Allura, you know, and and we and that's gonna be our motivation moving forward. And I didn't like I didn't like that as well. I'm not conflating the two things, but it, in my mind it was all one thing. I no, I no, and I, I agree with you. I think it's one thing as well. I think as transformative as Voltron was, there were some there were some beats that just read to me, I guess, like like sexist. Yeah. Yeah? yeah. The decision to make Shiro, right? This um to continue to make Shiro this um stoic ultra male leader, as opposed to a man who should have the right to cry over his dead ex-boyfriend. <laughs> Yeah, our decision to make Alura the only female character that we see besides Paige, and we for for the majority of the time we don't even really approach Paige's character as feminine, which it's which itself is perhaps like a potential um place to to debate a to, a place to have yeah, some I, further I, conversation. Exactly something but, that I'm I, it's a conversation I want to have with my nieces because we had a whole discussion about Paige. My two, my 15 year old niece and my 13 year old niece. There's this whole discussion about Pidge because I was like, oh, you, she has a secret and we're going to admit it. And then they started having this discussion about it. And, and, and it's something that I'm, I really want to come back to them when they watch the entire series. But within the context of the show itself, yeah. it was also, and you know, I just thought of the perfect episode where Shiro could have had his moment instead of winning the stupid arm wrestling tournament. He could have gone on to do something else instead of that stupid arm wrestling trophy. Anyhow. Yeah, like just like just walk around the festival and something reminds him of his ex-boyfriend and he decides to go down that tack. I thought it would have been a much more interesting use of that story. Yeah, a, a use a much more interesting use of Shiro. But that's the thing, is that they decided to make Shiro, even in that episode, yep. even in that example, they decide to make Shiro the macho man. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, it's true that you can be gay and a macho man at the same time, but just our decision to follow through on that and not give him an opportunity to be a different kind of man as well. And Allura is the same kind of woman for the entire seven seasons as well. She's always the maternal, 
um, extra frightful, um, the most insecure, the least skilled and trained. Why do we? Why? 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 Why are we tied? Why are we tied to that? Yeah. Those, those are um, the elements of the show that really, you know, you know, when you reflect, you rub because there's even, um, and I, I mean, we keep coming back to, to Lance, but even the way Lance, because he had his hesitations about, okay, Laura's in the team, I need to, to still care for her and show that I care for her. And yet when time came for him to stand by her, he stood by her. It's like, okay, this is for the team. I don't like that you're in yeah. this danger, but this is for the team. I'm going to stand by you. I'm going to show everybody that I'm, I'm going to be very out and open and show everybody I care about you. But, you know, yeah, so so he got this opportunity to do that, and and others just did. Yeah, and 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 I'm not going to I'm not going to like completely shit on the show because, like I said, they've they've done some really transformative things about how they think about um, characters, how they think about sexuality, and and that performance with Paige. Um, the conversation that they have at the round table when they decide to um, look for Anerva. Yeah. Instead of fighting all of the the real beasts, yeah, and and you see the look on Lance's yeah. face when when Alura says yeah, and uh, yeah, Lance is visibly displeased, yeah. and and still he says, yeah. right, instead of doing what very many, what a lot of men exactly. in those same circumstances would say is that. Um, look, you're a woman, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Lance is like, look, I don't like this idea. But if it's but if you think that this is the place to go, I trust you, let's do it. And that's that yeah? is why I, I I mean, those are the elements why I love the show. This is one of the reasons why I want my nieces to watch it. Because it does those type of things, because the writing does those type of things, and it is it, it provides the opportunity to have the discussion. I think even after they watch it, even discussing Shiro is, is still positive. You know, like it or hate it, even having that discussion is still a positive discussion to have. And you can come down on either side of the fence with how you feel about it. Yeah. I mean, to, to backtrack a little bit, it is interesting that Shiro is, I mean, Shiro is the only other person whose sexuality is on display besides Lance and Allura. Lance and Allura are in a relationship now. Right, the only other person who we who we've ever spoken about liking someone else is Shiro. Mm-hmm. Right, we've never spoken about uh, about. We've kind of hinted that Hunk likes some girl from the Balmera. We've <clears throat> um, Pidge do like nobody but but she family. <laughs> um, Keith do like nobody. Period, except he wolf. Maybe that's weird. Uh, <laughs> Right, the only other person whose sexuality is on display is Shiro. We have an opportunity in this last season to give people relationship arcs, and we gave Lance and Allura a relationship arc. They kiss, they go on dates, they hold hands, they fight with each other, they fight alongside each other. Right, Shiro is gay, but he about to have a man until like a, a, an an entire still photo at the end of the season. And that's the, I can understand if, if if that's like comparably why people are mad is that it's it's easier or quote unquote normal for us to um for us to display pe- um straight people in relationships for an entire season and nobody bats an eye at that. And, and right? just word of word of warning to the outrage machine 
it happens in the last 10 seconds. So, you know, it's, it's, it don't discount the entire series for, for what happens in the last 10 seconds. There's no... No, it's a vex. Don't watch the yeah. show. <laughs> People don't watch TV. Yeah. Make your own web, make make your own YouTube series or some shit, or like watch Paint Dry and leave big people alone. LGBT <laughs> people exist, right? And that's also part of the reason why I think that that it's kind of transformative to leave some of those aspects, leave this aspect of Shiro as something that we just like rediscover at the end of the show. But I also understand why people would be totally mad because we think it's totally normal to let. Let two people, let two straight people um, display their relationship for an entire 13 seasons and a gay man can't get? Yeah. Why? Yeah? I could understand that frustration. It's the same, it, like, imagine imagine if we set a, a, an entire TV show, 13 seasons, in like, in, like, New York, and you don't see a single black person until the last 10 seconds of the last episode. How is that possible? That's actually friends. <laughs> they brought in one. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I don't like the people blasting. Who watches friends? Friends only brought in Aisha yeah. Tyler in the, like, the, the last season or second or last season, and she was a girlfriend, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, no, that's dumb. Yeah? It's not, and I and, and there's there's a legitimate reason to be upset about that, right? I do wish that there were more instances where we just like happened upon people, um, lesbians, bisexuals, transgender, we just like passed them on the road holding hands or kissing or like buying ice cream for each other, like we like at that same um like at the festival. Yeah, but also we did get um the relationship the two um. Oh God, Lotus, two female hench women. It's true. It's true. It's true. It's true. It's true. I, yeah, yeah? And, and we do see. though. Yeah, but we do see how much she cares for her. You know, we do. We do get that. Oh, you know, you know. We. It's not fully explored, but it's just it's there, and it's up to you to make your own determination. So. You know, that's the same reason that people were upset about um, Legend of Korra. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's literally the exact same thing that happened with Legend of Korra. And I think that's why people are even more mad about Shiro, is that um, um, Joaquim Dos Santos has had the pleasure of executive producing for both of those shows, right? So it's not like he's unaware of why people would be concerned about those kinds of things, right? Because he's experienced it with Legend of Korra. Basically, um, Korra and Asami were... (laughs) were in other straight relationships and we get to follow that for their entireties, right? Every time Cora, when Cora and Marco were together, we get to explore that in its entirety. When Marco and Asami were together, they get to explore that in their entirety. When Marco was um, feeling awkward, when both of his ex-girlfriends start lying with each other, we get to explore that even in its entirety. But the potential for Cora and Asami to enter into a relationship is summed up only to them holding hands again in the last 10 seconds of the people them So we call that a Joaquin Dos Santos rule. I don't want to do him bad. He's a good guy. But no, I, I will blast you on Twitter, Joaquin. We get on, we get on with LGBT people. Could only get 10 seconds in your show, by Why? Why? You have a, you have a 10 second rule? He's the executive producer on the Dragon Prince as well, right? Is he? I believe so, yeah. <clears throat> I believe so, yeah. 
And I mean, there's a lot of time in the Dragon Prince if it does get renewed all the way to seven seasons for them to figure out those kinds of things in that show as well. So far, it doesn't seem to be going in that direction. I think it's for a much younger audience. Um, but that's also the advantage that they had with stuff like Voltron. Voltron, yes, the say seven plus. But let me be honest, this show is for big effing people, right? And you could afford with that in mind. And also, I think that seven-year-olds should... I mean, beware, Outrage Machine. If you want to stop listening to the people's podcast, do so now. I think seven-year-old seven people should um, should be exposed to a world animated or otherwise where LGBT people exist. And it's not a big deal. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, as I said, just watching... I mean, I have to keep using my, 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 my nieces since I'm a, they're my proxy we have those conversations and, and and for them it's like oh yeah we, we enjoy the show you know man. we ain't hang up with your thing they enjoy the show they enjoy the show it's, yeah it's, just it's not a thing to debate for seven-year-olds or eight-year-olds or nine-year-olds it's just a thing that happened in the show and it's cool and we'll move on by it yeah it's only big people like you and me just have big effing conversations about other people's genitalia like it matters to us <laughs> yeah and that's and that's why I think that's why I can understand why it's a letdown. Yeah. Um, like I want, and that's why I said at the beginning of the segment that I was still trying to work out both of my feelings. Is that on one hand, I I really believe that we should set a trend in TV where people's sexuality are just aspects of their lives that we encounter in much the same way that we encounter that they like cheesecake and they hate black coffee, right? It makes up a part of them, but it is not why they are on the show. Shira is not on the show because he's gay. Shira is on the show because he's a fantastic leader. He's an incredible mentor. Um, and because I guess we need somebody to torture to give the show some vibes. Right? Because he's been through some shit. I feel sorry for Shira. <laughs> right? Uh, that's why and that's why on the other hand, I feel like if there's anybody else whose whose relationship I wanted to follow for a whole 12 blasted episodes, it should have been Shiro. Yeah? Give the boy some joy. Yeah? Hunk does get to cook. Pidge does get to make new shit. You have a, she have a, 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 a robot. robot. She have a robot that does take pictures of people and things. Right? Everybody else has got something and she will get 10 seconds. As well. She will get a ship that she will get a ship that is transformed and 10 seconds of our love life. And that that is unfair. Totally agree. I have nothing else yeah. to say after that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do think now, and this is I, I will put this out there. Um, and I will not I, I will not attempt to like copyright it. If you see it somewhere, I will just I will just shake somebody's hand, I'll just write a post on Twitter. But Joaquim, between me and you, if you decide to do like a Christmas special yeah. or a New Year's special, that is just Shiro and just Shirani man. I think people will love it. Yeah, just put it out there. If that's where you're into, right? Maybe you want to give it a try. Call a couple of um, animators over on the weekend and just do a little quick 15 seconds, 15 minutes, sorry, because yeah, they give me more than 10 seconds. I can't say. If you get a 10 second clip, that a GIF that you put on Twitter, I will get mad. But if you could give us like a, a 15 minute, just like them making breakfast together and like watching an old episode of Voltron, wouldn't that be cute? Or, ha! You know what you could do, Netflix? Have Shiro and his husband watch an episode of a new episode of a new TV show that you're trying to put on Netflix. Just print it out, eh? 
Why not? Yeah? I'm, I'm, and I will, I will give you all that. Right What's so that? I'm looking for his Twitter right now. <laughs> <laughs> Just something to think about. But I, I can't talk about this anymore because now I started to get yeah. mad. Like, I really do wish that he that that Shiro got more, and I and obviously there are a lot of people that I agree. I just don't want I don't want people to think that because I don't necessarily think that it's about Shiro's sexuality in terms of whether they showed us that he was gay more, but just like gave his home just gave his his homosexuality more respect, give his character more respect. Yeah. So, Marlon, what are you liking, buddy? Um, well, I mentioned the Adventure Time finale. I would encourage everyone to watch that. It was really good, really lovely conclusion to the end of what I, I consider a really wonderful series. Um, I checked out some Shira. I'm liking my Shira. Watch that. She was actually really good. Yeah. 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 I was, I was pleasantly surprised, but I kind of expected it. But what I've been really liking, and it's all Brendan's fault. This is going to be weird for people. All <laughs> Brendan's fault. Um, so a few, where, where was it? A, week, a few weeks ago, there was a sale of a particular game that I've been hedging about for a while. I was like, hey, Brendan, should I buy it? And I said, yeah. So I bought it. So now I'm playing Overwatch constantly. So that's actually what's been filling up my life. I, I kind of need, I mean, yes, this is like, Overwatch came out in 2016, but forget it, people. I'm now playing it, and I'm really enjoying it. I'm, I don't know what it is about this whole game and what Blizzard does, but it's, I'm really, really, really addicted, and I need some help. So I'm going to actually have to take a break over the Christmas holidays because I'm playing way too much Overwatch. Perfect time to play. Oh, no. Because it's a perfect time to play so you can get some new skills. I know, but it's, it's too much. But anyhow, that's, that's what I've been really liking. Too much. All right, cool. You're playing on Xbox, right? Yeah. People are probably gonna ask you for your like battle tag now, right? All right. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I well, I'll talk to you off the air, but but competitive is getting me upset because I've had a few games that people drop out, and and that's been annoying. But we'll talk about that separately. Yeah. Yeah. And that's. I mean, games are like every single competitive arena. I think in esports is kind of like that. But I'm glad that you're enjoying Overwatch. I wish you could get to play them together. Lovely. Um. Speaking of games that I'm liking, I'm picking back up. I'm, I'm picking back up XCOM for like the first oh. time in a long time. Oh, I love that! I love yeah, that. That game is so like delightfully frustrating. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly in a way that <laughs> in a way that is both anxiety-inducing and exciting at the same time. Um, and I'm enjoying playing it back again, just like just to, like like spark my brain up a little bit, so, like in between like long bouts of writing because I'm working on a new script, um, and sometimes just to like clear my head before I go to bed, which is a weird thing to do with XCOM again, no, like but, a strategy no, game before you go to bed. But the great thing about XCOM is that um, when you you know you you had a rough, rough mission and like damn we're gonna die we're not gonna make it and you pull it out. It's a great yeah. feeling. It's a great yeah, feeling. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's what I'm really enjoying these days. As far as like TV shows are concerned, um, I am currently through the slow process of watching out um, the last season of Killjoys. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the sci-fi series at all. Um, no. 
yeah, but it's actually really um um the first two seasons are out on Netflix actually right now and I'm watching season three um over the Christmas vacation with my wife if I get a chance to. Um I'm I've I've been really enjoying that. Um another weird thing that I'm surprised that I liked when I saw it, the trailer for Men in Black International came out. Yeah. I, not too long ago. I know this is supposed to be a short piece, but can we talk a little bit about that? Because <laughs> no, no, because I liked it. I mean Thor and Valkyrie, what's not to like? For me, um, right. Chris Hemsworth making a Thor joke at the end of the, the, the trailer, what's not to like? And I was mm. having this serious online conversation with someone, why are they doing this? Why are they the men in black? And I was like, they own the property. They they got yeah. black stars. What what's they could do whatever they want. <laughs> I mean, a star is born. I think this was the sixth time they remade a star is born. You're upset because they made another men in black? Come on. And it looks fun. Yeah. And I'm actually really excited to see because I mean, if we're also critically honest, the sequels to Men in Black, yeah. the first run of yeah, them, pretty trash. Yeah, right? <laughs> so I'm really excited to see how they how they kind of revamp it and like what changes and what evolves when we start thinking about Men in Black. Firstly, as an international enterprise, as not and not just like trapped in the US, but with what happens when you put new characters in it. I'm actually really, from what I saw in the trailer, I actually really like. Um, uh, both characters. I think that there's a chemistry there that is um, really worth exploring. I'm not sure why Liam Neeson is in it. <laughs> Liam Neeson rule. Um, I don't know what that rule is, but apparently there's a rule and Liam Neeson must be in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so weird. But I think it's going to be I think it's going to be really yeah, fun. Looks- um, uh, that's all that might yeah, be. Yeah, it's a summer it's a summer movie and I, I saw everything there to tell me, yeah, this is gonna be a fun summer movie. Um they really featured Tessa Thompson a lot in this trailer, which I love. I mean I love Tessa. Um so Yeah. We need more Tessa. Yeah, and she's always. had a great year. So I, I'm glad that she's ending up the year with this wonderful trailer so that we'll continue to have more Tessa Thompson in our, in our lives. So because we get her in um endgame as well, I believe. So I think she's Valkyrie supposed to show up or something like that. Avengers Endgame. So we'll see. more time. Yeah. I they need to give us a new Endgame trailer because that one was just dark. <laughs> um, people died. Half like, the population of the universe died. What What do you want them? It's not even that. Is that um the 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 trailer to me doesn't show me a movie about how we solve the problem. It's about how we accept the problem and while i mean for a first trailer probably just that's all you probably wanted that first trailer to do but like i watched that first trailer and i was just like bummed when i saw the with shuri being Um, missing as well so yeah yes folks check it again shuri's missing yeah it's 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 yeesh it's such a heavy trailer for like what we're liking come on (laughs) <laughs> um, well then I'll save my I'll save yeah, my um, my thoughts about Madden for another episode too then <laughs> so that's what we're liking folks um, if you haven't is, is Overwatch still on a Xbox deal or is no, I think it's on? done but you, you never know for Christmas they might do something again but um, yeah 
Um, and I and I mean I I personally still love Overwatch a lot, and I think if folks could pick it up for cheap, people should pick it up. I think there's a sale on Street Fighter Five as well, just for like putting that. that what there. are you yeah. do to um, me? I used to beat people. I'm sorry, this section is going long. I don't care. I used to beat people with in the arcade with one hand behind my back. Come at me, bro. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You're that yeah, yeah, guy. yeah. Come at. I, I was. I was. I was mean, get your quarters or your tokens or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. Don't do me, man. I'll see if it's still on I'm going to check. I'll see if it's still on sale. I'll let you know. Um, so that's what we're liking, folks. If you um, see anything there that you want to get, you should pick some of that stuff up. If you find a show that you want to um, take a look at, like Killjoys, the seasons one and two are on Netflix, you should take that um, take a look at that as well. And if you have any suggestions for stuff that you're liking that you'd like for us to talk a little bit about, or you want to get Marlon ad- addicted uh, to, you should so totally send us a message on Twitter um, or Instagram. We're going to leave that stuff in the description and share that a little bit later. So, if somehow you haven't managed to see the last season of Voltron Legendary Defender, it truly is a wild ride and a heartwarming conclusion to the entire saga. The only downside is I still have no idea what really is going to fill this robotic lion-sized hole in my heart. I guess we should just wait until season two of She-Ra. Is either yeah. that or Pokemon XY. <laughs> you stay there with your Pokemon XY. Anyway, <laughs> that's been our show, folks. Thanks for listening. If you want to talk about what you heard, shoot me a message on Twitter or Instagram. Um, uh, mine's is at uh, Guy from Trinidad. Right, and I'm and Mark, on Twitter yeah. and Instagram. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, getting all crossed up. Yeah, so I'm Marlon T on Twitter and Guy from Trinidad on Instagram. Uh, and you can shoot me a message on Twitter and Instagram at Brendan J. O'Brien. Thanks so much for listening. Blessings. Peace.